Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF, your hometown radio station right there in Madison and North Florida, South Georgia, all the way to Valdosta. We're so glad to be with you today. And if you are listening by computer anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, we're glad that you have joined us today for this Bible study. Uh, We're going to be talking about winning the race, receiving the crown, an incentive today to run full out for Jesus Christ. So if you're one of those Christians who are sidelined and you are discouraged, we want you to hear this very important message because we are living in what the Bible prophetically declares to be the last days. And because of where we are within that last day scenario, I have uh, often said and will continue to say that I believe that we are living in the last of the last days. I believe the coming of Jesus Christ is very, very near. And the Bible said the last days would be uh, marked by perilous times. And in that context, it connotates a reducing of the strength, for men will be lovers of their own self and proud and boasters and blasphemers. In other words, the culture will be completely uh, flowing away from God instead of flowing toward God. And because of that, uh, the Christian who is supposed to be moving onward and upward is going to be an upstream Christian in a downstream world. And uh, sometimes we get tired of the battle with the the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we need to be encouraged in the Lord uh, to get a Holy Ghost second wind and to run with patience, with perseverance, the race that is set before us. This is an important message today, winning the race and receiving the crown. Holy incentives to run full out for Jesus Christ in these last days. If you're not a Christian, would you please stay tuned today? We want you to know that you can run this race. You can win this race. You can come to Jesus before this broadcast is over, and He will give you the grace, and He will give you the strength, and you will have a holy incentive from God to run with us. Hallelujah. God is so good today. And we welcome you to this broadcast. We know we have listeners from different states, and we're glad to have you. We have listeners from different countries because of uh, people listening by computer around the world uh, to this station and to this broadcast and people that are listening to the broadcast directly from our website. We welcome you today. Our scripture is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 through 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 through 27. And it says simply this, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you might obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body 
and bring it into subjection, lest at any times when I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway. I want to make a statement here as we get into this study. In Africa last night, a lion and a gazelle went to sleep. At sunrise, the gazelle must awake, ready to run full out. If he doesn't, he'll be a meal for the lion. The lion must awake, ready to run full out, or else he will starve to death. So when the sun rises in Africa, whether you are a lion or a gazelle, you must wake up ready to run. And it's this readiness to run with perseverance, the race that is set before us that Paul is addressing in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians. And he uses the analogy of a race to impress upon Christians the importance of commitment to a Christ-like walk and the reward that awaits those who persevere. Paul likened our Christian life to a race, a race that we must run and finish in order to be victorious. You see, he said, they do it, those running in a race in those games in ancient times and in modern times. They're running for the personal pride that they, uh, of winning, the, the personal accomplishment, the, the country that they are representing that they want to bring glory and honor to. And all of that glory and honor of man is going to pass away. They discipline themselves. There's one man who, who run the mile, uh, an African that ran the, the, the first time to break the record in the Olympics running the mile. And he said he got up every morning and ran up a steep hill, exhausting to get to the top. But he did it every single morning at daybreak. He ran up that hill. And he strengthened his legs and his stamina and his wind. <laughs> and he said, if I can run up the mountain and not give out, if I can run up this mountain and, and not, uh, uh, not pass out, if I can run up this mountain until it's easy for me to do it, just think how fast I can run on the level ground. You see, they do it. They do it. There is a, an incentive. If you want to truly win, there's an incentive to discipline ourselves. That's why Paul said, Every man that striveth for the mastery, mastery over his own body, is temperate in all things. Amen. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we do it for an incorruptible. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen to me carefully today. I want to see Christians who have been sidelined, Christians who have been fatigued, Christians who have lost the holy incentive to run, to get back in the race. And let's run for Jesus. Live for Christ with a devotion and a holy, holy fire inside. Hallelujah. You know, the Scripture teaches us that we are to awake from our sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Amen. We need that back. So many Christians. I talked to a minister recently who said, Brother Venable, it just seems like 
that there's a spirit of lethargy that has come upon God's people. And he said, I don't know how it is where you are. We live in different states. And I told him it's the same way here. You know, it's easier to just sit down and rest ourselves than to continue to seek the Lord, to continue to pray without ceasing to continue to read the word with 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 a sense of desire for the sincere milk that we might grow thereby and and then graduate hallelujah from the milk of the word to the meat of the word that that spiritual strength and stamina might be given us by the holy spirit amen so paul likened our christian life to a race a race that we must run and finish in order to be victorious. And I remember going to a funeral that I conducted, and they had chosen this great saint of the Lord's. Men had lived many, many years running this race, inspiring others by her perseverance. And her son had decided to sing a song, or grandson rather, that Isaac Watts wrote in the 1700s entitled, When the Battle's Over. And the refrain is, When the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. We shall wear a crown. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in the new Jerusalem. Wear a bright and shining crown. Hallelujah. And the, and the lyrics go like this, Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sail through bloody seas? Are there no foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? Is this vile world a friend to grace to help me on to God? And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. And in this great Christian's life who inspired her whole family, her children, her grandchildren to run the race by her own persistence in serving God with, 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 with a desire to, to absolutely bring glory and honor to Him and to live for Him in such a way that she could win the prize Hallelujah. At the end of the journey. And she went to heaven to win her crown. Praise God. And we're going to talk about those crowns in this study. But right now we're going to talk about the fact that we are in a race. And so many have went before us and ran the race with such absolute commitment and devotion. And such victory in their life that they should be inspiring us on. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 through 3. It says, Wherefore seeing that we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience that that rendering of patience is not this passive waiting. It means perseverance. It's, a, it's an activity on our part. Run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such a great contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you become wearied and faint in your own mind. You see, friends, Paul had a resolve to run. He had a desire that sustained him, and he encourages and challenges us to be like-minded. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, he said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God will reveal even this unto you. Friend of mine, we must be motivated to live for Jesus Christ with a new zeal and resolve a new devotion and determination. Otherwise, every little thing will cause us to be weary, and if not corrected, will lead to defeat. Paul had a holy incentive. He said, I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. Dr. Erekiv of Cornell University observed that from the moment people decided to concentrate all their energies on a specific objective, they surmounted the most difficult odds. And he went on to say the establishment of a goal is the key to successful living. And I want to add to that biblically and spiritually, it is the key to spiritual victory and living our life to bring glory and honor to God. Jeremiah puts the question to the Israel of God of old in Jeremiah 12 and verse 5. He said, If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee. How then canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? I'm told when Jordan came over its banks, the lions and, and, and the predators that came there to drink water were driven inland, and lions showed up in places where they would have never showed up. I just saw on on the news uh, uh, a a a cell phone video in a in an area of Africa where there's always drought, a very arid area of Africa. It had finally rained the night before the morning, and inside that tent you could see through that that these are not heavy tarpaulin type tents this is one of those tents if you touch it you can the moisture will come through to your hand where you touch it and the cell phone video showed two huge lions licking the dew and the rain drops from the tent and they they laid in there and had enough composure to not run and not move until the lions moved on but you could see the visage 
of two lions licking the moisture from their tent. And he said, listen, if you're living in the land of peace, what are you going to do when Jordan comes over its banks and those lions are driven inland and they show up at your doorstep? If you've run with the footmen and they wearied thee, how are you going to run with horses? In other words, if we are easily discouraged and defeated by little things, what will we do when the real challenges come? If we do not slay the lions and the bear like David, how will we contend with the giants when they show up? Friend, I wish I could tell you today, amen, that the lions will never come, but I can't. I can tell you this, that the devil is like a roaring lion, according to scriptures, a hungry lion who walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists, the scripture declares, steadfast in the faith. I wish I could tell you that flood tides are not going to come, but the Bible said the enemy is going to come in just that way. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I want to declare unto you today, there's victory over this enemy. And not only this enemy, the devil, but that part of us that makes us so subject to him, so vulnerable to him, the weakness of our own flesh. And the culture that is about us, the world about us, these three great enemies must be overcome, the world, the flesh, and the devil. But thank God these three enemies can be and will be overcome. If we will get back in the race, God will give us what I call a Holy Ghost second wind. Hallelujah. You know, the scripture said, arise from our sleep and Christ will give us light. If we wake up to the fact that we have been drifting away from him, drifting away from that devotion and that first love, he will restore and he will revitalize and reinvigorate us. Hallelujah. By his Holy Spirit, we will find ourselves not only back in the race, but running with perseverance the race that is set before us. It's time to run full out. The prize is prepared. The prize is waiting. And the Greek word for crown here that is spoken of in these scriptures is in the New Testament Stephanos. It is used 18 times in the New Covenant. It's referred to the victory garland at a race, also the sovereign crown that a Roman conqueror wore. It will pass away as sure as the Roman conquerors passed away in their crowns with them. And the victory wreath and the glory of that, that sports event is short-lived. Ah, but there is a crown that will endure forever. And Paul saw it and had it in mind when he was running the race. And it's in James chapter 1 and verse 12. And it simply says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when, not if, when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Eternal life. Don't ever forget what awaits us when this life is over. 
the crown of life signifies an eternal existence and in an eternal place with eternal persons. No more death, no more sickness, no more weakness, no more heartaches, forever and forever age without end. Hell has no claim on the believer in Jesus Christ. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus Christ declared that this crown is worth even dying for if necessary. In Revelation 2 and verse 10 to the church of Thyatira, said, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Ah, friend, what is it worth to know that we have eternal life in Jesus Christ? You see, love produces patient endurance, and none attest their love more than they who suffer for His sake. They do it. The world does these things for a corruptible crown. We're doing it for something much, much higher and much more enduring. And I believe we need a new commitment, a holy commitment to fidelity, a new resolve to run with perseverance the race. And we should run full out to the crown of life and we should run full out out of love for Him who has, who has given us this eternal life through His sacrifice, His death and resurrection, His suffering on the cross has given us this opportunity to obtain eternal life, to lay hold on eternal life. And it should stir us to a deep devotion, not to ourselves and our glory, but to Himself and His glory. You know, I've said it many times. I'm going to say it again today on this broadcast. I'm not running this race and seeking victories in my life so that I can watch TV without pain and without pressure. I'm not doing it so Robert A. Venable can be known as some great champion uh, in his own right to have some vain glory. I am fighting the good fight of faith to bring glory and honor to the God who gave His Son for me, to the Son who gave His life for me on the cross, and to for the Holy Spirit who is empowering me with strength that I do not possess in myself. I want to be one of those Christians who hear Him say, Well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, will mean more to me than streets of gold, gates of pearl, than the golden city itself. Being with my loved ones, this great cloud of witnesses, and in the Scripture, uh, Peter, Paul, Jeremiah, Hezekiah, hallelujah, David, Jonathan, you can go down the list, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these great cloud of witnesses 
Billy Graham put it this way. He said, all of, of those who have preceded us to heaven, like sitting in the grandstands or the families and friends of those running the race, cheering them on, encouraging them to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, seeing so many witnesses to the faithfulness of God and to the reward that awaits us that faithfully serve Him. We need to be ready to run this race. If you've been sidetracked today, if you've been discouraged The Scripture tells us it will happen to some of us at some point in our life. And the Scripture tells us, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it will happen to all of us at some point in our life. We're going to need this time of refreshing from the hand of the Lord. We're going to need this time to rededicate our own life to run for His honor and for His glory. We're going to need that holy incentive. We're going to need a fresh view of heaven. I've heard it said so many times, he's so heavenly minded. He's of no earthly good. I understand how that imbalance can happen, that we don't take care of our families. We don't take care of our responsibilities. We're not good workers on our jobs in the name of some kind of spirituality. But I I will say this, if heaven isn't your goal today, as far as God is concerned, we don't have a real earthly good to bring honor and glory to Him. Heaven must be the holy incentive and becoming like Christ. Hallelujah must be the holy incentive to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, 2, and 4 says it this way. If you be risen with Christ, if you've been born from above, born again, seek those things above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not the earth. And verse 4 says, and in order to live this devoted life, to run this race with deep devotion and energy and enthusiasm that that devotion will bring us. Mortify your members upon the earth. That's what Paul was talking about when he talked about the self-discipline that he had. Amen. He talked about uh, uh, mortifying his members, bringing his body and buffeting it, bringing it under subjection that he might be able to overcome Satan and his temptations and his persecutions and the world that is going to, a culture that's going to be so against all that we are striving for. And his own weak flesh, he said, I bring my body under subjection. Amen. My spirit is so empowered and enthused and infused with God's strength and energy that I can bring my body under subjection. Hallelujah. Even when that spirit of lethargy comes upon us and we would rather sit in the easy chair than walk the dog. Amen. Sit in the easy chair than to walk to the mailbox. Check it tomorrow. Ah, friend, this old flesh of mine and yours is weak. 
Ah, but our spirit, though the outward man perish, the scripture says, the inward man is renewed day by day. And the crown of life is the incentive to run to obtain. It's also the incentive to run for the one who made it possible for us not to be banished and punished forever, but to live eternally in a place that He has prepared. Oh, friend of mine, for Jesus' sake, we need to get back in the race and we need to run full out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody today to get in the race. You're afraid to get in it, afraid you can't run it to the finish anyway. And I admire your honesty, but I want to tell you that the enemy is deceiving you. God loves you today. Christ died for you today. And if you will receive Jesus as your personal Savior in the closing moments and seconds of this broadcast, I declare unto you that He will abundantly pardon your sin. And He will not only pardon your sin, He will give you strength that you do not possess. He will come in by the Holy Spirit and abide within you. And you will have the holy incentive to begin to live your life to bring glory and honor to the One who loved you enough to give His Son and the Son who loved you enough to give His life on the cross for you. Come to Christ today. Don't put it off another moment and run with us until Jesus comes. It'll be worth it all. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.